Welcome to the Chatting in Manhattan radio show with your host Kim Ward and Garth Sandiford. Hosts that go past the biographies of individuals to bring you the real stories behind the greatest minds and most inspiring people. Join us as we put our guests into the spotlight to reveal the greatness that has brought them success. Chatting in Manhattan. The story starts where the biography ends. So, put your hands together and be inspired with the Chatting in Manhattan radio show. Welcome to the Chatting in Manhattan show. I'm your host, Kim Ward. And I'm Garth Sandiford. Today, we welcome founder of Champion of Choices, speaker and author of the book, How to Be the Happiest Person on the Planet, Mr. Mark Miro. Mark, welcome to the Chatting in Manhattan show. Hey, Kim and Garth. Thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. Thanks thanks for joining us. I first came across you because I was surfing inspirational videos. And I saw this video of you where you brought a room full of middle-aged or middle school kids to tears. And I couldn't believe that you were able to do that. I woke my kids up. I shared the video with them. And to my surprise, they shared it with their friends. And I saw that you have something special and a, a unique message. And I wish you would tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go into why you do what you do. Oh, well, thank you so much for those kind words. You know, first, uh, there's no greater joy than helping someone else in their life. And, um, you know, we get wisdom from, I think, one of three ways. You get wisdom from uh, books and DVDs. You get wisdom from a mentor. But you also get wisdom from mistakes. And and I'm the king. (laughs) So by sharing, you know, when I speak at um, middle school, high school, colleges around the the world now, um, I don't preach to them. I just tell them stories about myself, but I really found a way to connect with people and everyone has a little piece of my story in them in a sense of whether it's a broken relationship, a broken heart, the death of a loved one's drug or alcohol abuse, or making bad choices in life. And, you know, it really has resonated with with many people. The the video that you've seen, I think it's been seen by well over 100 million people now, shared millions of times. And it's so funny. I'm, I just got it shared to my page from somebody else the other day. said, you got to watch this. And I'm thinking, well, that's me. <laughs> so I got a kick out of it. I didn't know if they really knew who I was or not. But, um, and on their page, it had 44 million views and over a million and a half people shared it on their page. So it was uh, it was really comical that I seen that. But um, you know, this year alone, well, I'll do over 200 events around the world. Uh, I'll be wow. going to Mexico City three times this year, doing um, I think it's 18 different schools out there. So it's a, it's a true blessing in my life, and and I got to tell you, it's uh, it's been it's been my therapy. I I don't spend no money in therapy. I just go and talk to people. Isn't that the truth, though? When you help others, it helps yourself. I saw um, I saw an interview you did on Fox, and you were talking about your lowest point being in 2002, and you talked about sitting on a pier, looking at the water. You felt you had lost everything, and you had to make a choice. I wish you'd tell us a little bit about that moment, who you turned sure. to, and you know, what that was so like. I think so many people that, that hear my story have felt hopeless or unloved, unwanted, unappreciated, um, lost, uh, suicidal. And I had all those things going through me. Um, unfortunately, I mean, you saw the video of me losing my mom, but I also lost my little brother and sister. They both died at 21. Um, my, my mom, she was only 58 when she died. And my dad, he actually died while I was holding him in my arms. He died from lung cancer, but I was there when I was in, I got in his hospital bed and I just held him and, and, 
watch him pass. But I also lost many of my friends in the wrestling industry. Well, over 30 of them had died that I've wrestled against and gone to many of their funerals and you know, sat with their families and gone through so much grief. Um, but it was um, after losing all that and then my ex-wife um, walking out the door and, and realizing it was my life as I knew it was over. You know, financially, I was uh, made some huge bad decisions in my life. And it was actually Christmas Day. And my whole life, you know, growing up, uh, um, you know, you know, celebrating Christmas Day and, you know, the the, the, the uh, presents under the tree, the music, the food, the family, the love, all the things that go along with Christmas, you know, the birth of our Savior. And uh, I had no place to go. My other brother, Joel, he was um, incarcerated. My sister, I have another sister, Jody, who was also suicidal and tried to take her life. And it was, um, I remember just standing under the pier on Christmas Day, watching the waves roll in and roll out and just contemplating the end. And it wasn't long after that that I actually, um, you know, went to my, my room and next to my bed and my nightstand, I always kept a, a, a handgun. And it was at that time that I put the gun to my temple and I just it was going to end it all. And um, it was really my faith in God that really changed my life. And, and I realized that, you know, there's, there's two types of people. There are people that say, I want to go out there and do something. And then there's a person that says, I'm going to go out there and do it. You know, or I'm sorry, there's two, the people that say something needs to be done. And this person says, I want to go out there and do something. And I wanted to be that person because I was always the person that says, why don't they do this about that or this or that? Or why do these kids do this? Or, And I, I just want to make a difference. And um, I started speaking at schools and churches and corporations around the world. And it's just really taken off. But it wasn't until somebody saw the video that it really it was. A, I make a joke that I'm a, I'm a nine year overnight sensation. <laughs> this is my ninth year doing this, but no one knew about me until a video went viral. You know? Wow. Not that it takes away. We still did it. We still did anywhere from uh, 100 to 200 events a year. And it was really making an impact on the audience. But uh, no one put it up on 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 video and it was actually my friend uh, i don't know if you're familiar with wrestling at all but i have a friend named diamond dallas page he was a very popular wrestler and um i was doing a school in atlanta and he said hey do you mind if my crew comes out there and films it i said sure why not and they saw the video and, and his own crew was in tears they go oh my gosh mark you gotta you mind if we put together a little video and sh- but out there, you never know, it might go viral and who'd ever think that, you know, well, well over 100 million views later, it's been seen all over the world. Well, you know, Mark, I'm listening to you and, and, and there's a tremendous amount of identification. I saw the video and and when I saw it, uh, you know, I sent it to my girlfriend, Marilyn. I said, OK, you, you have to watch this. And after you watch it, you'll know what to do with it. That's all I said to her. Yeah. <laughs> um <That's wonderful. laughs> And you, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a, it was an incredible video. I mean, I, it brought me to tears because it made me think of, uh, you know, my mother and my dad. They're still here, but I recently, you know, just over two years ago, lost my younger sister. And uh, you know, my kids struggle with all those things that you talked about. And uh, you know, I, I, I just was was blown away, and I was very excited to, to meet you. And when I looked at the video, uh, it said it had 10 million views. So, I mean, I guess there must be multiple versions of it out there. 
Well, you know what it is, is people copy it from your page as they put on their, their uh, Facebook page or their YouTube page or wherever, and then it just started getting shared more and more. And I would see people with, you know, anywhere from five to, you know, like I said, I just saw one with, with 40-something million views on it, you know, so it has been mm-hmm. being shared a lot. Um, you know, what the amazing thing that happened about that was all the lives that were saved by it. Not only did I get so many letters from parents that said, um, you know, my kid came home from school or, or my kid saw the video and said, I want to start spending more time with you and dad. I well, can we have dinner together? And they're being nice to their little brother. What the heck did you say? <laughs> but here's one. I want to read you one. I, I just received the other day that, that really um, touched my heart. And I've received many like this. And it's a real short letter somebody wrote me. They said, um, I had pills in one hand and a drink in the other. I had enough to end my life. I was ready to leave. It. I was ready to leave it all because I didn't fit in. I felt unwanted, like I wasn't supposed to be around, like I was God's mistake. I looked on Facebook one last time and I saw this video about your mom. I looked at your page and with tears rolling down my face, I put the pills away and read your post. This was 10 minutes ago. If it wasn't for that video, I would be filled with pills on my way to see God. Thank you. Oh my God. That's just an example of some of the letters I get Hmm. every day of people's lives that were changed or saved from a five minute video. Mark, what does that make you feel like? I I can't, I just got shivers on my spine when you read that. And I can't even imagine having that kind of impact on people and serving on the level that you just served this person. Well, I got to tell you, I am truly blessed by God that, uh, you know, we we all have a plan and a purpose for our lives. And, you know, and and many people go through lives um, being in in dead end jobs or being in places that they really wish they weren't. And part of my presentations I do at at corporations is, you know, it's about being complacent in life. And many adults fall into complacency where, you know, whenever you hear someone say, those were the days, I said, no, these are the days. These are the days that we can make changes and learn from past mistakes where they don't become mistakes they become learning experiences like I always tell people the greatest years of my life are still ahead of me you know you if you stop dreaming you really stop living and um, I, I tell you I get these letters we actually started a folder at our office of all the letters of people that that wrote in that said it saved their life not just changed their life but actually saved their life and uh, we have hundreds and hundreds of them now that we've been saving. Uh, but the cool thing is I actually reached out. This is a young lady. And I, I reached out to her. She wrote to me on, on Facebook in a private message. And I wrote back to her. And we've actually become friends. And I see her positive post now that she went from wanting to end her life to wanting to help other people. And that's why I say the greatest joy I have in my life is making a difference in somebody else's you know, we're, we're all going to leave a legacy. I mean, uh, my legacy is not going to be a street named after me or a, a building or something or how much money I had. My legacy is going to be the difference I was able to make in somebody else's life. And that's what a legacy should be. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you, I, 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 I take it just from listening. You didn't wake up one morning and said, this is what I'm going to do. Or you didn't expect that you were going to have this much of an impact on these many millions of people. I mean, there's seven over seven billion people on the planet and i'm sure i appreciate that so much because you are absolutely right and you know 
the last thing I ever wanted to do was be an inspirational speaker or be in front of people speaking, you know, especially sharing some horrifying stories about my life, my drug abuse, my alcohols, and my, everything I, I did in my life, all the people I hurt and, and the, the, the pain I left with my parents and my family and how I treated my little brother and sister and, and then losing it all and losing, you know, my, my, my wife and, and, and the people that were so important in my life never set out to be a, a speaker. I mean, I've wrestled in front of eight 80,000 people at the Alamo Dome for Royal Rumble. I got more nervous walking out to 30 high school kids, my first presentation. <laughs> it was a football team from Melbourne High School, and I was like shaking in my boots. I mean, I couldn't, I was thinking, oh my God, who wants to? And I have friends that are inspirational speakers that I've got to know over the years, and they say to me, Mark, I would never speak in front of middle or high school kids. They're the most brutal audience. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That you walk out there, they're slouched in their chair, they can care less, they don't care what you have to say, and by but by the end of the presentation, they're on their feet hugging each other, tears, and and uh, it's really cool the, the the transformation that happens when I from the time I walk out to the time I end the presentation, which is is just so beautiful, and I'm I'm just so blessed, and you know I I started at 47, I'm I'm 55 now, and I remember telling my wife, I said. I mean, I can do this for maybe three years. Nobody in middle or high school wants to listen to a guy over 50 years old, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing how I connect better now with them than I've ever connected. Yeah, it, it really is amazing. You know, it was just the other day I was thinking and I was trying to understand that, you know, it's 2015 and we seem to have more problems now than we did 50 years ago or even 100 years ago. And it always amazes me how people um, treat each other uh, in some way, sometimes in a very disrespectful way, a hateful way or a prejudiced kind of way. And you would think with all the technology and all the information we have available to us that that people would would start to have a change of heart. But it doesn't seem to be going in that direction at all. What are your thoughts about that? Garth, I could not agree with you more. And I got to tell you, um, because I receive hundreds and hundreds of letters every single day through our social media and kids that see me, whether it's a, the presentation or the video or whatever, I get so many letters and I really have my finger on the pulse of what's been happening in our, in our country and around the world. And, you know, the saddest part is, is, you know, we went to school. We never, I, at least I never um, seen kids that were self-harming, cutting themselves or kids that are having suicidal thoughts. Nobody wanted to kill themselves. I mean, I grew up in a rough section in New York and I didn't know anybody that wanted to kill themselves or self-harming, you know. Now it's hard to find a kid that doesn't know someone that already took their life or is self-harming in school. And it really comes down to the breakdown of our family. Um, you know, we, we would, you know, before my parents were divorced, you know, we would always have dinner at, at a specific time. And even when they did get divorced, my mom, you know, working two jobs, the best job she could to keep us on a schedule. You know, when the street lights came on, you came home and there were certain rules and, and things that happened. And, and in the school bully, you knew who that guy or girl was and you kind of stayed away from that person. But today, I mean, bullying, as we know, through social media can be 24 hours, seven days a week. And um, kids are just traumatized by what we're seeing. And the other thing is, like, when I do a corporate presentation or presentations for families, community events and things, I really have a talk with the parents on, you know, no doesn't seem to be mean no anymore. You know, when you yeah. when parents give a 10-year-old a kid a iPhone and think, well, I'm doing that because, number one, I trust them. And number two, I want communication with my child, you know. And I'm thinking, how do we ever – 
make it. <laughs> How, you know, see, what's happening is that you are opening that child up to everything from pornography to murder to um, role models that are so detrimental to their well-being. I mean, we look at our role models today where it's the uh, the housewives of Atlanta or Beverly Hills or something that adults acting like fools, fighting each other, swearing, you know, having sex with whoever comes by. And it's just we lost our moral fiber of what's happening. And, and hey, I know I can't I can't change everybody or not everybody's going to listen to me. But the beauty of it is, is that, you know, um, if I change one kid or two kids or 10 kids or 100 kids, it makes a difference. Um, I, I heard, uh, I think you guys might have heard this too, this uh, little boy was on the uh, beach and he was throwing, there were starfish, hundreds of thousands of starfish lined up on the beach that washed up on shore and they were all dying. And he, as he's walking, he's picking them up and throwing them back in the water. And this guy goes, what are you doing, man? You're not going to be able to save all those starfish. And he picks up another one. He goes, I just saved that one. Mm. You know, we, we, it's a difference that we can all make if we start putting forth an effort. But as we lose our moral fiber and we see that, you know, what used to be black and white has now become gray and we just make excuses. And if it feels good, it's okay. And that's not the way it should be. Well, yeah. I, I absolutely love your message, and I I have so much hope that things will turn around and uh, people will treat each other better. And I believe that, you know, everyone makes a difference. One person can change so much, so there's no point in ever giving up on trying. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you about the moment that you decided your life was going to take this turn and, and that you, you became the speaker and, and you're doing all these wonderful things. Um, so often people that we interview have that moment where they're at rock bottom and then all of a sudden they find their destiny there. And me and Garth often refer to it as a moment of surrender to the divine, to whatever you want to call it. And I want to know if that was like that for you. Did you just surrender it all up, stop asking questions, stop looking for the end of the story and just take it as it was going to come? Oh gosh, Kim, that's uh, that's exactly what happened. And um, you know, depending on what show I'm on, I try to be respectful of you know. Obviously, like at schools, I can't talk about my faith in God, and and I respect that. You know, I think our best testimony that we have is the way we live our lives. Um, people can look at me and as as a person that 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 cares or loves people. I think the greatest gift that God's given me is that I, I really do love people. I really want to see the best for for people that um, you know I don't even know. But what, what happened to me, it was, it, mine was a very um, spiritual experience that happened to me. It was the day that I was going to end my life. When I had that gun to my head, the idea was I put my back against my shower. I, was in, I, w- I walked in my shower to, do, to end my life. And I put my back against the wall and spread my legs. And the idea was I would slide down the wall. And then when my bottom hit the ground, I would pull the trigger, kind of almost like taking a wrestling fall, you know. And as I'm leaning against the wall, all of a sudden, my life flashes before me. I, it's, I like seeing uh, pictures of my little brother and sister, my mom, my dad, friends, loved ones, all the people I only wish were back in my life, you know, and I just just start shaking and crying and just wished I could tell them I loved them and how sorry I was for the life I lived and the way I treated people and, and my selfishness. And it all just hit me. 
And then I started sliding down the wall to end my life. And all of a sudden, this vision comes into my head, this thought, whatever you want to call it. It was, it was hell. It was like seeing people uh, in this, this sea of fire that were just in torment, screaming. There were so many of them. And I'm thinking to myself, I've never been so terrified before. And I just thought, that's not a place I want to go. That's not a place I don't want anybody to go. And I just put the gun and pointed it away from me and fell to my knees. And I just started begging God for forgiveness. I just <sighs> asked him to change who I was. My whole life was always about changing everybody else. You should love me more. Why isn't dinner ready? What's wrong with you? Why can't you do it like this? You should be like this or do this. And when I realized that it was me that needed to change, everything around me changed. My whole life changed. And the amazing thing that happened, everything I lost in my life it's been returned to me in a sense. I mean, I have a new marriage, a new family. Uh, when, my, when I married my wife, um, I said to her, I go, do you mind if your mom moves in with us? And she's like, what? And, <laughs> and her mother's been living with us our, 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 for the last seven years um, because I lost my mom and I wanted another chance at a mother. And she's been my mom all these years now. But um, new friends, new family, a new purpose for a living and a difference that I'm making in this world before God takes me home. Uh, it's just you just give me chills because I so believe that this is what happens to people who their destiny is they're, they're here to help others. It's like, you know, walking through the valley of the shadow of doubt. And when you just surrender it and you just ask God for help, you get out of that valley and everything is returned. And and all of a sudden, all this greatness comes to you when you stop fighting against what you should be fighting against. Yeah, I've never lived, you know, it's it's been, gosh, we're going to, what, for 15, 14 years, 12 years, whatever it is, um, 13 years now, and I've never lived a more joyful, purposeful life than, I, than I've, I mean, I started the program in 2007, and um, but just just getting my life straightened out and, and, and you know, no drugs and, and, and alcohol and all the things that, that were destroying me, the, the pills, the, the steroids, all the garbage that I would put in my body and um, living this life that's just been so transformed. And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing because, you know, we, we get, when I do talk about my faith, you know, a lot of people will, will question things like, oh, I know God is real and, you know, whether they're an atheist or agnostic or whatever it is. And, you know, I was, whatever people are, that's their own thing. I don't dog anybody out. I mean, I love everybody, you know. I don't care whether they're, they're gay, straight, bi, whatever. I, I really do love people, you know. But the point I want to make is that people say, well, well, what is if you're wrong? What is if you die and there is no God and there's, there's nothing, you know? And I think to myself, well, I guess we just go to the same place. Just we go to dust, <laughs> nothing, right? But I lived the most incredible life. I mean, really, I've never been happier. I've, I've had, I was a multi-multi-millionaire at one time. I'm not a millionaire anywhere, but I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I've never had the joy that I have every day. I can't wait to get I always sleep about four or five hours a day because I can't wait to get up in the morning and make a difference in someone else's life. So I lived a victorious life. But then the question I ask, what happens if you're wrong? Makes a whole difference in the way we live our lives. It yeah. sure does. It reminded me of a, a, a quote or something I heard many years ago. You know, I would rather live my life as though there was a God and find out there wasn't one than to, to live my life and, and, and find out that there, there was one and I didn't, I didn't live my life the way I wanted to. Yeah. 
That's beautiful, and it's so true. I mean, um, I just, I'm really, I have a, the joy. You know, I, I think I wrote a book called How to Be the Happiest Person on the Planet. But, you know, it's funny because it, it really isn't about being happy because happiness is up and down. I, you know, you can't be happy 24-7, you know, because things happen, you know. And I really yeah. found it. It's like the joy I have in my life is because I'm content. I live in the same economy or the same situation as other people. Uh, I have no control over a stock market or price of gas or whatever happens to our, our, our country, you know, but, but I'm content in my own things. I'm thankful every day for what I have, my health. I've done uh, close to 1300 events now over these years. I have never missed one and I've never been late. And I, my health has been absolutely phenomenal that I don't miss shows or, or get sick, and especially when I do five presentations in a day. You'd think my, my voice would be gone. I mean, my voice sounds terrible as it is. I have people that just meet me. They go, my gosh, is there something wrong with your, your voice? I said, no, that's the way it always is. <laughs> Um, but, I, uh, but guys, I I, I, pre- I appreciate. Uh, um, I, I really enjoyed this this conversation. I think you guys have opened up some really, um, you know, valuable questions and, and things that people um, should know about me that probably don't know because I don't get to speak about my faith very often unless I'm at a church or or a, a corporation that want to bring me in specifically to talk about that. Well, I have a question for you on that topic then. When it's all said and done and it's over for you, Mark, and you meet the big guy, what is it that you hope he says to you? Well, first of all, I hope he says, well done, my faithful servant. Welcome to eternity. <laughs> That's the one thing I want to hear. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it's really amazing that, um, wow, what a, what a great question. I, I think, you know, the, the thing that's really um, changed my life. And I want to share this with you was, was there's a, um, uh, a, a verse in, in the Bible. Um, gosh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not sure off. Uh, it was about, um, uh, oh, let me, let me just, uh, try and remember it real quick here. Oh, Matthew seven twenty two. Okay. It says that many will come to me on that day and they say, I, I prophesied your name. I did all these great works. I did miracles. And God says, I never knew you. That is one of the scariest things to think that, you know, we, many people think that, you know, if we just serve them on Sunday and go back to our own way on Monday, you know, it, it, you know, being a, a Christian is, is a lifestyle. It really is. And, um, you know, God does, you know, it's forgiveness. It's about asking him for forgiveness and really change my life. But, you know, knowing that we're all going to stand before him someday, I tell you, I have a clock of life on my desk that I see every day, and it's from being born, it shows a little baby, to it shows as you're growing up and as you age, and it shows an old man at the end. And look where I am right now at 55, and the average person lives to about 75 to 80. And look at this short little window I have left. And during that window, I want to do things that I'm just going to be so proud to stand before him and say, thank you, Lord, that you allowed me to do this. You you chose me to make a difference in this world because I look at all those years that were wasted for folly and, and thinking, wow, I'll be happy if I'm a millionaire. All the things that I was lied to as a young boy that I thought would, would be the joy or, you know, I, I remember the day I became a millionaire. I mean, I remember saying to my, my now ex-wife, I said, hey, can you believe with this paycheck we have become millionaires? 
And it was like, okay, so what do you want to go? What do you want to do for dinner tonight? <laughs> it was like your whole life you live for that moment of becoming a millionaire. And then when you become it, you go, wow, what was the, you have the same problems, if not more problems than other people. And it was never like that fulfilling moment. Like I do have now, like I have now when you have receive a letter from a, a student or a parent that says, you know, your, your video or your presentation changed or saved my kid's life or my life. That's the joy I live now. Oh, I, I can't agree with you more. When you are helping others, it is, it is like the greatest drug in the world, right? It is. You know, I think about all the things I would do to get high before, <laughs> you know, and you know, I would get so, you know, the, the crazy thing about, um, and, and I, anybody that maybe have done drugs before or cocaine or, 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 or smoked or shot or whatever, you get to a place where you get really high and then all of a sudden you get really paranoid. You know, you start looking out windows and stuff, you know, and I, I, I make a joke that uh, to get off my drugs, I had to do Coke light, which got, got me one third less paranoid, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I got to tell you, getting away from drugs and, and, and all the garbage that ruined my life. This is my this is my drug now. This is my my fix every day is to make a difference. And like I said, it's the, it's the greatest therapy in the world is getting up on that stage and making a difference in someone else's life. And you just get that, that total fulfillment of knowing that God has a plan and a purpose for my life, just like he does for everybody else. Well, that's, that, that's amazing, Mark. Now for our listeners, where can they find you, get in touch with you, your website, your books? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about those? Sure. You know, my name is Mark, which is M-A-R-C and my last name is Mero, M-E-R-O. And I'm on um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. I have my own, it's called Mark Merrill page, which is my, my kind of, I don't know, it's called a like page or something. And then, um, um, obviously, our website's the best way to go. Uh, Think Pause, which is P-O-Z as in zebra. Thinkpause.org org is uh, the best place. It has all the uh, links to different uh, ways you can get in touch with me. You can always private message me too. I I do my best to answer people back. I mean, I I, I really scan through my my emails and, and messages every day. And, um, you know, when people might write, say, hey, Mark, uh, you're doing a great job or something, and they may not hear back from me because I get so many. But the people that are going through adversity, we really do try to uh, reach back out to and, and let them know that somebody does care and that they're not alone. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that, Mark, that you, what you're doing is, is, is a much needed uh, service to mankind, to humanity. And I hope that you live to be 100 so you can do this for a really long time. Well, thank you so much. I was worried about kids listening to me at 50. I think 100 is even going to be more challenging. But <laughs> Not for you, Mark. Not for you. Um, <laughs> me and Garth have been interviewing people for five years. And I'm telling you right now, you are one of my favorite interviews I've ever had. I find you to be the real deal, uh, the most inspiring person. And I think when you meet the big guy, he's going to say three words to you. Job well done. Oh, Kim, thank you so much. Now, Garth, you hear that? Make sure she gets a little something extra in her paycheck this week, okay? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you guys are great. Thank all you right, thank you so, so much. much for and, joining us, and I wish you all the success and luck in the world. And uh, you've got a big fan in me, and I will continue to share your video with as many people as I can. Thank you. If I could just leave your, your listeners with this, um, life is 
precious. Enjoy every moment and be thankful every day of the blessings you do have and not worried about the things that we don't have. Um, I just ask you to love more, be kind to people, and treat others the way that you hope that you're treated. Even if they don't treat you well, treat others with kindness. It always comes back to bless you. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Mark. You have been listening to the Chatham Manhattan Show with your hosts, Kim Ward and Gar Sandiford. Until next time, visit ChathamInManhattan.com for more great stories.